0: Alrighty, welcome in Motown Rundown, it is November 2nd, happy November guys, uh, a little bit of a mixed emotion here for me coming in because I was riding the high on Saturday and then I was just thinking all night, gosh, I couldn't sleep Saturday night because I was just thinking if the Lions can get it done on Sunday, they're, they're, that was the recipe for the perfect weekend uh, and obviously didn't get the job done. Huh? Yeah, the perfect weekend. The Spartans win and the Lions win. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, but they didn't get the job done. But uh, before we move into the Lions stuff and all things Detroit sports, as we do here on the Motown Rundown, we got to talk about Saturday. I apologize I couldn't come up, but after seeing all of the Snapchat stories of the pandemonium that occurred post-Michigan State victory, Probably good I wasn't in the area because anything COVID related as far as precautions and best practices were thrown out the window and couches were on fire. you love to see it, but I need, I need some thoughts. Ryan Collins, I'm sure you were the happiest guy in East Lansing on Saturday. I'm sure.
2: I was very happy, very, very happy for the first time in a while. Like it, I don't know. I, I, it's like mixed emotions because you kind of wish like you could like go out and like get at, like really really after it with like everyone like CV yeah. or like go like Grand River Channing go green go white like my freshman year if you I mean Rabs you were up here for that I think oh yeah oh I
0: remember when they're
2: that. just Channing go green go white like across like across campus stuff like that but still it, it, nothing more satisfying to be Michigan they stink I hate Michigan I hate their guts and it was so nice to win the way that they did because Michigan they just flat out dominated in the whole game and it was a great day. Great day. Beautiful day in East Lansing. It was beautiful, I think, in Ann Arbor, too. So it was a great day to be alive.
1: Yeah, there's nothing quite like it. Um, I mean, I just love going on Twitter and seeing Jim Harbaugh complain about random stuff and all that. I mean, it's just satisfying because this is the type of, this is how college football works. There's no Super Bowl. I know there's a national championship, but it's like, take the victories in your season as they come. We don't have to play Michigan for another 365 days. So that's the deal. That's why you're excited. That's why you're happy. You get to bask in this for a year. You get to rub Michigan fan faces in it for a year. And it was fantastic. And Michigan State dominated Michigan. You said it. Michigan's not that good. Everyone knows now. They got their pads pulled down low key.
0: It's great stuff. I think the thing—the thing that made it awesome for me—and everyone, most people know this about my my dark past of being raised a Michigan fan. But as they always say, like I used to like wipe yeah, my to boogers see that. on the ground. Like I used to like wipe my boogers on the ground and like put Play-Doh in my mouth and stuff too as a kid. So everyone grows up. But it was satisfying as I've now made the complete switch, starting my freshman year at Michigan State. The fact that Michigan State was, like, a, I think the line closed at, what, 21 and a half? Yeah. But even Michigan State fans were like, oh, there's absolutely no way Michigan State wins. And I was already, to be, to be completely transparent, I was conceding defeat to my friends. And I was, like, begging and pleading, like, this isn't the year to pick on me. Like, we know, like, the, it's a new coach, new regime. Like, let him get, let him get, let him get his guys in. And then we'll talk in like three years. So all things considered, and you get typical Michigan narrative. And again, I can speak to it because I was a part of it for many years of my life. They play one game. And I got to hear like the Joe Milton is like squeaking into the Heisman talks only, even though he only threw for 225 yards against Minnesota. And then you watch Minnesota have a huge letdown game against Maryland. They're also missing half their team because of COVID. That's neither here nor there. Um, and just the typical Michigan narrative of like Michigan fans in Michigan thought that this was going to be the year that they were going to get it done because it's like an asterisk year and you got the COVID and like this was their end. Like they were going to, they thought they were going to squeak one out. And, and like Mike Valetti said it perfectly at 97-1, which you always love listening to Mike at coming off of a Michigan State victory over Michigan. But you know Michigan fans were like praying in the back of their minds like, oh, If Ohio State just can get the COVID bug at the right time and we don't have to play them. So the bottom line here for me is I I think this was a good lesson for kids all in America of just it doesn't matter what people say about you or if they pick on you or they tell you you're not good enough or you're this and you're that. You still got to show up and try your best and play the game. And unfortunately for the University of Michigan and especially their football program, which is reflective of their school, you get told at Michigan, just because you put the jersey on, you're better than everyone else. You don't have to watch film. You don't have to – the Joe, the Joe Milton press conference after the game where he's like, oh, I don't know who Antoine Simmons is. It was just – it was chef's kiss. Just to completely sum up that program and why they're just as mediocre as they are, because you're told there just because you throw the jersey on and you got the you got the Jordan sponsorship and because they split a national championship in '97 and they were really good during World War two, that's that's like what Michigan. That's who they are. Like that's we're, we're we're better than you because we are and we don't have to do anything to prove it. And Michigan State, you know, it's like hey, we're all in this together. Mel had the boys ready. They were fired up. And they went out and they, like, they, they led the game wire to wire as a 21-and-a-half point underdog. And it was just so perfect. It was the perfect Sunday or perfect Saturday. It made Halloween great. I treated myself with eating way too much candy. I'm still not feeling great after all the candy I ate this weekend. And then, like you said, Trent, for the next 364, however many days, until the next game, you have bragging rights. And I get to walk around the aisles of Kroger and Meyer, no free ads, but I get to walk around my community, and every time I see someone with one of those, with one of those Walmart Michigan shirts on, I just, you know, give them a little smile when you're, when you're wearing the Spartan logo on your chest. How are
2: you? It was just funny. It was just laugh out loud funny. It was. It was, it was, it was pure <laughs> comedy. And there is no better feeling than that. And it's kind of funny, though, and this can like, transition us into Detroit sports, So the 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 day of Saturday, you're just all like nagging, chirping, and stuff. And then that Sunday, you're like at noon, twelve thirty, and then you're like in the group chat with all your friends from Michigan. Michigan State. You're like, okay, boys, now it's time to lock in for Lions. Like, let's put all the differences aside for about three (laughs) hours, and then I'll send you some more mean snapchats and memes after the game. But for these three hours, let's be on the same team. It's kind of funny.
0: Yep, uh, I guess we can roll in. Do you want to do Lions, or we have, we do have some Tigers news, too, to talk about? What do we want to do? Right,
2: let's just talk Lions first. I want to get it out of the way. All right. They looked like I, they were so bad.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll get it out of the way. Uh, Lions game on Sunday, losing to the Colts, 41-21 to at home. Uh, some quick stats for you. Matthew Stafford, 24 for 42 through the air, 336 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. They went back the other way for six. Uh, Marvin Hall led all receivers – or, I'm sorry, well Lions receivers. I have no idea what Colts receivers were doing. Uh, four catches, 113 yards for Marvin Hall. Love to see it. Um, of course, in that game, Kenny Galladay was out pretty early in the game with a hip injury, who it now sounds like he's going to be on the IR. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but let's talk about the game itself. Uh, whoever wants to start, by all means, you have my blessing.
2: Um, I'll just say this. I mean – Offensive play calling is becoming an issue for this team. Yep. And and it wasn't for a very long time. Like, they, I I thought it was a strong point last year. It's just I, I don't know what they're doing. I just don't understand. And I, I, I'm not – I don't want to do it again. But Karyon and DeAndre Swift have to play more. They just have to. And we're not you – know we're not going to dissect it anymore because we talk about it every single week because we're literally just talking in circles about it. But the offensive play totally was terrible. Stafford made two horrible plays that basically put the game out of reach for Lions. So, I, I mean, it was offense this week. And, and I'm not saying the defense played especially great. They didn't. But when you have opportunities, you take a – that was a – that fumble by Stafford was almost worse than the pitch sets to me, if that makes any sense. Because that that was just so careless and so unlike Stafford, where he could have got that ball out, or he could he could have been like, okay, let's just eat it, and, and he takes that fumble, and, and it kind of just changed the whole dynamic of the game. I, they they were flat too, and, and Rabs and Trent in our group chat, you were saying you wanted Prater out. He misses a field goal that extremely affected the mindset of the game. I'm not ready to give up on him. I mean, you might, but just in general, this team took a big step back. This was a step back, an opportunity against a good team, and they didn't look ready.
1: Yeah, it was extremely – I mean, it was a letdown, to say the least. Everyone knows that. But beyond just that, I mean, you guys talked about the offensive play calling. I'm sure, Rabs you're going to have a boatload of things to say about that because you've been on that wave all year. I am not so much there. I just think it's one problem, and it's that you're handing the ball off on first down every single time up the middle with Adrian Peterson. Not only are you not getting creative on first down, you're not even giving it to the right guy if that's what you want to do. It needs to be swift or carry on, bar none, but you guys already mentioned that. So here's the deal. I am content, as I was week one, blaming this loss on Stafford because I know that you said, Collins, I agree, uncharacteristic turnovers. That pick six was really bad, but I would agree the fumble was almost worse because before that, leading up to the fumble, that was maybe the best drive the Lions have put together all day or getting everybody involved, even without Kenny in the game at that point. And I will say this, I was a little encouraged by the work that the Lions did in the past game, even without Kenny. Marvin Hall made, made a couple great pa- catches. Uh, TJ Hogginson seems to be getting the ball even more with Kenny out. Marvin Jones is so reliable. I don't care what anyone says. I don't know why certain people want this guy traded. If the Lions trade Marvin Jones, I'm probably going to quit on this season. I think that would be the worst move you could possibly make right now. And they won't now that Kenny's on IR probably or is going to be on IR. But those were conversations people were having, which are absolutely ridiculous to me. But, look, I was not extremely discouraged by the defense. Collins, you mentioned. I don't think they really played awful. It's just the fact that Phillip Rivers just picked you apart and and played, you know, you never know what you're going to get from the guy. He gave you one of his good games today.
2: Moali nope. Cox He's just a- absolutely ripped apart this team.
1: Next week, Phillip Rivers is probably going to throw three picks and, like, a touchdown and maybe get benched in the fourth quarter of a, of a blowout loss just to not not get him hurt. You don't know what you're ever going to get from the guy. The Lions are now 0-3 at Fort Field. I can't remember. I think the last game the Lions won at Fort Field was October 27th of last year against the Giants. That is ridiculous. you got to get a win here. I don't even know when the next – the Vikings game next week, is that at Minnesota or is that here? Minnesota. So Okay, so you're not even going to get a chance to, to win at home for another two weeks at least. And it, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't want it to was, – it was bad. It was bad because you were at 3-3 three and three and we all talked about how there's all this excitement surrounding this team. And if the Lions were to win against the Colts, you're able to buy in and you can't blame anybody for buying in. No, I'm not out. I'm not out necessarily. But you just lost all the pull you had. You lost all the momentum. Because if you go to 4-3 and three and you beat a good Colts team, then you can roll into the rest of the season and you can say, hey, we're on a three-game heater here. You know, like we can make some things happen. And now now it's a complete 180. You lost to the Colts in a bad way. I mean, they, they crushed us pretty much. You know, the Lions were never really in it other than, you know, the the, seven, the going up 7-0. But it unraveled so quickly. Now you've got Kenny Galladay hurt, you've got Trey Flowers hurt, and it's just you're still banged up in the secondary. It's just pretty discouraging. That's all I got to say about it, really.
0: My, my one big note that I had on here that Ryan Collins pretty much took out of my mouth was I just this – this to me was a monumental step back for this team. I mean, looking at the game, I felt that the Lions were just dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They gave up five sacks. So, yeah, with Stafford's interception, who I think, was pretty inexcusable. I don't know if he just – whoever returned the ball back for the pick six, like he, he saw him, he didn't see him. Just a bad throw into a, to a guy that was already covered as it is without the, without the extra help coming in to pick the ball off. Um, the fumble was horrible too, changed the entire momentum, momentum of the game and there were just little things throughout the game that i don't want to do the sol routine but like the danny shelton penalty which i thought was stupid oh, because good. they threw the flag they threw, oh, the, flag.
2: That was they so threw bad. the
0: flag they threw the flag 5 minutes after the hit but i knew i just had I, I watched this team so much over the years i knew when the whistle blew and i'm going like let them go let them go let them go and they just had to drag him down and then the big fight breaks out. Not a fight, but the skirmish breaks out. And Danny Shelton's, like, already on the sidelines getting his oxygen mask. And then the flag comes in because the refs are like, oh, gee, like we probably should have thrown one there. So that, to me, was like a stupid flag. But even so, that uh, – and then then you get right after you get the uh, running running into the receiver on the fair catch, which was stupid too. Robin, and just just, just – things just compiled – to the point where, you know, the Lions to their credit, I mean you missed the field goal going into halftime, which which was which was ridiculous. And look, Matt Prater's hit some big big kicks for you. I just think at 35, 36 years old, you might want to consider shaking his hand at the end of this year and going with someone else who's a bit fresher and who is more consistent accuracy-wise. But even even still the Lions did fight back to make it 20 to 14. So they were in the game. I I just to me you guys hit the nail on the head with the play calling. They abandoned the run like immediately, a- and it was a combination of the fact that you couldn't get any push up front. As I said, you completely lost the line of scrimmage in both the rushing and the passing game. But I mean, Adrian Peterson five carries, DeAndre Swift six carries, Agnew had your best run of the day, one carry for eleven yards. Stafford had a ten yard run. Like it's just comical for for a team that that, that is so hell bent on handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson twelve to fifteen times a game, which is ludicrous, and I think I texted you guys during the game like once the Lions were down and out, there was no reason for him to be on the field anymore I and mean, i didn't use him very often, which I actually appreciated, but you still have to try to establish the run, the run and run the ball I mean with DeAndre Swift and Carry on Johnson, you think he could break something open, um but they never did, and I just i I think that the Daryl Bevel era in Detroit, his – is it his second year or his third year? Second. Okay. Well, I just so – last I year I, I felt like the offense was just a lot more creative. You get different looks, and I have to, a lot of that to blame. on beating the dead horse of you roll out Adrian Peterson every week like it's some Hall of Fame-like charity tour for this guy. And it's ridiculous. You completely limit the playbook because you refuse to play DeAndre Swift. And thank God, Carryon Johnson got himself a receiving touchdown. Because I don't know how that guy hasn't walked upstairs and demanded a trade yet. Because I know I would. So it was just, it was just pathetic. I mean, losing, losing Galladay hurt. The team looks completely different on the field without him. You're not going to have flowers going forward. No Desmond Trufant still. Wait, I'm glad they paid that guy to play what, one game for us so far. Coleman, it was nice to see – Coleman was, like, on IR, then he was off IR this week, and then he, like, was out, and then he got upgraded yeah. to active, and he What was going horrible. on with Decker, too? Well, I don't was, know, like, was, Decker's hurt all of a sudden. Was, no, 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 I but, like, were like, Decker's inactive, and then, and then Trent. Report. Yeah, ESPN false reported it. He wasn't playing all day. They just said – Well, mm-hmm. that, and then, like, Vitae, like, got hurt, too, or something. His foot that's been bothering him all year. Um, and, and then, to me – the, the one you guys talked about, the defense wasn't that bad. It, it is, it is Ben, don't break. Our, the linebacking core for this is team so bad. is so slow
2: and, and bad.
0: so bad. Reggie Ragland coverage. looks like the Guess what? Well,
2: we're not in 2002 anymore. Let's get some guys who are hybrid safeties slash like linebackers no one, who can cover.
0: No one no one can cover like you, I, think, I think Reggie Raglan might be the best linebacker.
1: I'm serious, the best linebacker on the team. Like he's played the best so far this year.
0: I mean, if I'm if I'm the Vikings next week, my game plan is drop back the pass and dump every ball out into the flat and let your running backs just run wild because this team ain't stopping shit in the flat or over the middle. Like I don't like it seemed like Mo Alley Cox had like ten catches. And that's Antonio for Gates. Yards. I mean, he had he only had like three balls for 37, but he's just like every time they threw to him, he was just wide open. It was just so bad, and, and you want to talk about as we as we discussed last week of this being a, a springboard game for this team, and everyone's devaluing your Falcons win because you barely squeaked it out and they made mistakes that you capitalized on and you didn't deserve to win the game. You did deserve to win the game, whatever you beat a bad Jacksonville team and you have a somewhat decent win against Arizona. Here's your chance lions. Here's your chance, Matt, Patricia, let's show a sign of life and some momentum and that you got your team prepared to play. And they just looked horrible. Like they lost by 20 points and I get it towards the end, you know, the wheels kind of fell off and, I just think they 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 lost all sense of fight to be honest with you, after like the ten minute mark in the fourth quarter after the pick six, you knew the game was just was over, which was sad um but i, I don't know i mean we can i we can I guess we can start to move on. I know we, we didn't talk too. oh one two things I want to mention too uh, we should talk about everson Griffin because that trade happened after we recorded our podcast, I know Trent you had a You put out another T-Bell's take about that, so I'll I'll spin it to you uh, when the time comes. Here's my other thing. Bo Scarborough, like, thanks for coming. What the hell? Like, they just cut the guy this week, like, out of nowhere. The guy comes back off of IR, doesn't – is hurt all of training camp, isn't even active for the first six weeks of the season, and they shake his hand and and tell him, thanks for coming out for your cup of coffee because we got 36-year-old Adrian Peterson that we're going to run like he's like Emmett Smith, it's re- unbelievable. So I think I that's think, all I got.
1: I, I think he's going to be signed back to the practice squad. That's what I. Well, oh, someone should pick
0: him up. I mean, that just just comical. How many running backs are on the roster? Three.
1: Yeah, three or four. Uh, my other listen, I want to mention one more thing about the Colts game because, and 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 it's not really anything out of the ordinary that you guys have already mentioned, but just the offense was so. I mean. You've got nothing all day. The block punt is the only reason you had, you know, you jumped out to a lead. And, and and other than that, I mean, there was one good drive after that, and it was actually, I guess, two good drives. And it was thanks to, what, a 60-yard bomb to Marvin Hall, and then the other one ended in you know, you stalled out because Stafford fumbled the ball. So I just think, you know, the offense, you guys talked about Bevel, it's just got to be better. You got to mix it up a little more. I love seeing Jesse James get involved. Uh, it's just, it doesn't happen enough for the amount you pay that guy, but just run more too tight on sets, get a little creative, throw the ball to, you know, Let stop, stop healthy scratching Quintez Cephas, let him get a couple, throw him a bone maybe once, you know. I actually
2: don't understand that. He looked good week one. I don't I know.
1: know. They just keep healthy scratching him every week. It's like, hey, how about you healthy scratch Jeline Tavai one time because he stinks, like, oh, I, I,
2: he's been so bad this year.
1: He's so slow. That's his problem. I, 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 have I thought I had to stop the run. That's what is. It, what he's supposed to. I have faith in him to do that. But He's so damn slow, dude. He can't get downfield.
2: Is it crazy? Or when we drafted him and I know we used him inside last year and he was actually not terrible he last year bad. for a rookie. Better than just the bad. whole thing was that they were going to put him outside to be a pass rusher. That wasn't that the plan originally?
1: All I know is originally, maybe, but I know that originally they were not going to use him. Yeah, he's not necessarily, he's not going to drop back in coverage.
2: Yeah, he's an inside guy. I don't know what's going on with that.
1: Yes, he's oversized. They they should, I don't know what they want to do. They should keep him inside, let him stop the run behind Shelton. And that's literally your only job, dude. Like if someone has to drop back in coverage, let it be Jared Davis, even though, you know, he's not great at it, but he's at least quicker and more athletic. Or, you know, let let Christian Jones try to rush the quarterback. Don't don't make Jelani Tabai do all that shit. He's got to just stop the, the – the, the way – and, Collins, that's a great point because that, that just brings me back to this. The way that these players are being utilized on the defensive side of the ball because the scheme stinks as it is. We know that. We've been on the fire Patricia wagon for weeks now, but it's just like the way these guys are being used is not right. Jared Davis should only be on the field – to basically do one thing and that's get to the quarterback.
2: Is he even playing though? I don't even see him on. No, oh, he doesn't anymore.
1: play, that's what I'm saying. plays special teams a lot though. He plays special teams and he gets like 14 snaps a game on defense. It's it's ridiculous. Christian Jones should not be dropping back in coverage on tight ends
2: 40 yards. Whoa. They just love doing that. I don't yeah, understand Jamie that at Collins all. Too. Jamie Collins you should too. not be running
1: man to man when you've got Okuda Daryl Roberts out there as your cornerbacks you get what I'm saying it's repetitive it's a broken record we say it every week the way these guys are being used on defense is ridiculous and yes the defense might not have been horrible last this week against the Colts but it's one the Colts still put 41 on you you know I know Stafford's responsible for seven of them but still you got to do a little better than that
2: yeah I I, I don't know I, I they just sort a big step back. I I'm still not going to say because I mean I don't know if you guys saw that report. There's a possibility that there could be eight teams in each division. I mean each conference getting into the playoffs now. Chris Mortensen reported that like an hour and a half ago as we record this on Monday night. But they I like I think yesterday showed you like best case scenario they go like nine and seven eight and eight get into the playoffs and just lose. And I hope that's not enough. I'm just going to say that now. And I've been saying it the past couple of weeks. I hope that's not enough. Because if that's enough for Patricia to stay here and for Quinn, I, one of them's got to go. I mean, and not one, I mean, Patricia has to go, and, and I, you can make your decision about Quinn.
1: Well, can I ask you guys this about Quinn? I mean, because I was thinking about this today right before we just started recording. I thought he was absolutely fine, borderline great with Caldwell. Like, the moves they made in those years, you know, when it's not all these expatriates, and you're drafting guys like uh, was – wait, no, Ragnow was uh, – was Patricia whatever. You're drafting Taylor Decker. You're drafting A'shaun Robinson. Those are the guys that Quinn was picking with Jim Caldwell. Now all of a sudden you got Patricia in here, and it feels like, yeah, Ravs, you always talk about it. It's damn near a prerequisite that you play for the Patriots if you want to be a Detroit Lion. Like, I, I, do you guys think that has anything to do with it, or do you think I, a- I mean, with,
2: that idea? with Caldwell, I think it was more – they – I mean, the free agent moves they made, I think, in the last like, couple of years of Caldwell were all pretty – they didn't really go out and make a splash on really anyone. I mean, who – I mean, I'm trying to think. Maybe Devon Kennard. Yeah. Was even I don't even think he was a – he wasn't a call, though. I mean –
1: Marvin Jones. That's by the a, way, why
2: did they let go Devon Kennard? He's, a, he, he's been good this year for – I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I digress. I mean, the, the moves they made to go to, like, the 3-4 steam when you had a 4-3 steam team ready to roll, like, the next – like, the cut carry Hyder, like, we understand he was throwing off a knee injury. He's literally starting for the San Francisco Giants.
1: Anthony Zettel, I don't know where he's at now, but coming into I that. Don't know,
2: I, I don't know if Zettel, I mean.
1: Well, when they I, him, it, I remember it was a head scratcher because the year before he was actually pretty productive. but
2: I, Yeah, I, I don't know. They, and it's, just, it's literally with Quinn, it's been the big moves. Like he's found values in the middle to late rounds. He just, the free agent signings have been bad. And the first round picks have been a little head scratching. I'm not gonna call T.J. Hodson a bad player. I think he's, I, I, they use him a lot in the offense now, which I actually kind of respect. Like he 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 is a main vocal point. He's the clear second option in the passing game now. But you, you haven't really hit bid with any of your bid free agent moves or your first round picks so far. So I I I think that's what has really kind of got people off the twin bandwagon. And when Jim Caldwell was there, they're actually winning. So it, it's not like they had top ten picks. And, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not giving up on Jeff Okuda. I'm not saying that. But, you no, know I'm saying? Like, you haven't had, like, immediate day one this season. and all. Like, That's- Kenny Galladay has been their big hit, which is, I mean, finding value for, I mean, a wider seer like that in the third round, it's a fantastic pick. I'm not saying that. I'm just – the free agency moves have been horrible, like, to say the least, horrible. Cool. Who have they brought in from free agency who has been in legit peace since Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have been together?
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell like you. Like, no one. No, it, and especially, I mean, it's the guys like Jesse James that you pay all this money to and Rick Wagner who just come in. Jesse and James
2: caught a ball this week. What a well, surprise.
1: Yeah, I love when they get them involved. But you bring in these guys, they either don't get used or they stink. But here's here's – you, you reminded me one thing. I want to say about Okuda, I know he's getting better every week, and he's looking better. He only allowed, I think, two catches for 26 yards or something along those lines against the Colts. But my God, dude, at some point I need to see a pass breakup. I need to see like something. I know the interception against the Cardinals was great, but I mean, there was one play yesterday. I forget who he was guard who he's covering. I mean, it was a, it was a perfect ball. The receiver just dropped it, and they gave him credit for a for a pass breakup. I'm like. I'm not sold on that I just I like Okuda I do but this is that this is the point in the season that we're getting to we're like halfway through and I really can't point to that much of what he's done and maybe that's just maybe that's just either he's not getting thrown at enough or they're running too much zone or what as they should probably but that's just that's just one thing I want to bring up we got to keep an eye on that going forward because Jeff Okuda to me really has not made much of an impact on this team.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. He
1: was the third overall pick. That's the thing, and we all talked about this at the draft. He's probably the right pick, but we all entertained the thought of other guys because we thought that those guys, you know, your 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 Simmons and Derek Brown, those guys could come in here and make more of an immediate impact. That kind you know,
0: thing. I now that I now that I think about it, Trent, and again, I, I'm not I'm not going to jump on the train of like Jeff O. It was a horrible pick, this and that. Right. I don't. I don't. Because cornerback t- Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you're picked number one or number two overall, wherever you're picked. I, I think there is definitely a learning curve in any sport for a guy to come in and one, learn the system two adjust to the speed of the game, all these things considered. But I agree. And, and looking looking back to this draft, I think a lot of the thought process for Bob Quinn when he took Okuda was that he was probably thinking like one obviously they didn't want to pay Slay which was fine and I I still to this day will defend the move because like we were talked about I think last week they wanted to use the money to put together more pieces on defense as opposed to putting all the money into one guy and I think that Bob Quinn thought in his mind Jeff Okuda is going to be the missing piece to take over for Slay, and this defense is going to be fine. But the bottom line is they don't have any playmakers on defense. I would rather right now have an Isaiah Simmons or a Derrick Brown or someone that actually makes an impact on the defense because this defense is so meh. It's like it's comical. I think it was just a complete oversight by Bob Quinn thinking that he had something with this defense yeah. that he just hasn 't and back to your point about about us being critical of Quinn or does if you know does Quinn have to go is it Patricia whatever i I think this this game for me just showed me that your coach just never, never quite has these guys prepared. to have. Like, I look at, I'll compare it to the Michigan-Michigan State game. Mel Tucker has been with this football team for 10 minutes and had them fired up enough to go out and beat a Michigan team that was ranked 13th on the road in, in a game that they had no business winning as a 21-and-a-half-point underdog. Matt Patricia's never going to win you a game like that. These guys, were, they were flat. They were flat. They looked dead. There was no energy, no emotion. The block punt was great because they never do stuff like that. But the bottom line is, I have no faith in this guy to go out and win you games against a against a team that's a, that's a even a, a, a echelon above where you are. I would put the Colts like a, a, a touch above the Lions as far as what they bring to the table, and you just can't win those games. So I, I think it, the mindset has switched from. Bob Quinn trying to put together a team that he wanted Jim Caldwell to coach versus now he's giving Matt Patricia the guys that Matt Patricia wants to coach. And and it just hasn't worked. Like I, I I, honest to God, the the more and more I watch this team, I don't know what coach could come in here with this roster, especially on defense and like be like unstoppable. Like there's no, they have no speed. There's no playmakers. Okuda, has not looked good at all to me. He's always day, late, dollars short behind the play, and it's just bad. And, like, I, again, I'm not throwing the towel in on the season because they're three and four. And, I mean, uh, typical, too, like in a week that the Packers lose and the Bears lose, you just can't win the game and and, and take a step above. And you're now going to see a Vikings team that has shown some life with Dalvin Cook back in back in the lineup. I don't know who, how you're supposed to stop Dalvin Cook. The guy had four touchdowns so and, and had over 200-something yards all-purpose or whatever. This, so so what? what's your answer? Because if they throw him out in the backfield to go catch a ball a, as a check down back, you have no one out there to cover him, and you can't stop the run. They actually didn't do a whole horrible job of stopping the run this week. But it just – it was back to the old ways of, like, every handoff on first down was, like, guaranteed five yards. It was just stupid. Yeah,
2: I mean – I don't know if we want to transition the offense or anything. I, I don't really have much more to say about this. Team. I mean, it was a bit set back. Yep. And my confidence for this team, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of it, but I did think that they would win this game. I said that. And I also thought they'd be able to move the ball efficiently. And the, I don't know, the offense just looked out of rhythm the whole game. I thought Stafford played well in the first half. And then in the second half, he makes the two big mistakes that kind of hinder their opportunity to get back into the game. I'm going to completely blame the loss on him. But those are probably the two most crucial plays that kind of just change the tone of the game. They, If Galladay's going to be out for a while, like it seems like, I mean, Marvin Jones played a little bit better this week. He, I think, probably had his best game of the year. They better find a way to run the football efficiently then that couple weeks. And I don't know, and, and, put, and, and I don't want to talk about the running back situation. And whoever you put out there, figure out a way to run the football.
1: Lions are also working on Mohamed Sanu. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I
0: think saw he, that, yeah.
1: I think they're going to end up signing him. He's good friends with Marvin Jones. He's experienced. He's a good route runner. So why not just bring him in for a couple of games? I mean, like he could absolutely help your team. Give Quint Cephas a couple more routes on the route tree. Dude,
2: you know, why? I don't know why Cephas doesn't play.
1: Well, I think he will now. I mean, he he's always a pass because of just depth reasons. And Marvin Hall should Marvin Hall should also get more. You know,
2: Marvin Hall has not caught a pass inside ten yards in his whole career. I, I me know. And my friend, me and my friends were talking about that. They're, the only routes they have for him is to sprint, sprint not, Marvin, and then figure home. it out.
1: Go big or go home with Marvin Hall. But yeah. one thing I want to mention, and then we can move on to the to the Vikings game. Unless you guys have anything else to say. Uh, Ravs, you you said something interesting earlier. There are no playmakers on defense. You're correct. You know who your best playmaker is of the guys you got, Romeo O'Quara. Let that yes. guy, guy needs that Imagine. guy needs to play 100% of the snaps because that I, he consistently gets in the backfield, whether it's a little late or or he forces the throw a little early or he gets the quarterback or it's a tackle for loss, whatever. He's all over the place. He's always overachieved here in Detroit, considering what he's getting paid. And that was the guy, you know, to bring it back to the Zettel point, he was the guy that, that apparently won the, won the battle with Anthony Zettel on Patricia's first year here. So I absolutely commend him. He needs to get 100% of snaps on defense, seriously. Especially now with Trey Flowers out for at least three games, you have to let Romeo just run wild. you got to try something.
0: Trent, you want to touch on Everson Griffin real quick before we move into the picks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I – I said before, you know, the Colts game on my little video series. It's just like I like the move for a number of reasons. Obviously, he's a veteran and he brings you a little bit, of, a little bit of flair. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's played pretty well with the Cowboys and he hasn't even started a single game this season. So uh, he's just kind of a rotational piece. Now, here's the thing: we'll talk about this later when we get into the picks. But coming into this Vikings game, I think he's got a pretty good opportunity to please the fans here and become a fan favorite early because he's probably going to start now with Trey Flowers out. But as far as what he brings you, I mean, he's athletic as hell. He's big. He's strong. And also this move just showed you at 3-3, three and three, which the Lions were at that point when they made that deal, you're just still – you believe in the season. You're, you're still trying to add more and re-up. You know, we saw the Steelers make a move yesterday – We're seeing the 49ers make moves. You know, these teams that believe they got a chance, they're trying to buy in. And Collins, you're exactly right about the 18 playoff thing. You know, even if the Lions, the writing's on the wall and they get bounced early, bad, whatever, it's just they're going for broke. Because I think Bob Quinn does understand if we don't make the playoffs, I'm probably out of here. I think Matt Patricia does understand if we don't make the playoffs, I'm out of here, even though we should be regardless. So Everson Griffin, I'm excited to watch him against Minnesota, against his former team. I actually really am. He knows the NFC North. He just he's – a, he's a pro's pro. All the stuff he was saying before the – you know, before or immediately after getting traded on his way over to Detroit was just it's the kind of stuff fans love on Twitter. Yep. So he's fired up. He's excited. He's, he's hungry. And he's a pro. And that, I guess that, that, that all sounds like coach speak, but I really do think he's going to make a difference. I actually do. I think it's a great move because if you look at the guys the Lions actually have on the outside of the D-line – I mean, we just talked about Okwara. We raved about him. Other than that, I mean, especially now with Trey Flowers hurt, it's him. It was nice to see Deshaun Hand get in there today, but he's a rotational guy. He usually plays in the middle of the line, actually. And same thing, you know, Austin Bryant, I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy again his entire career. So it's just Everson Griffin, it's a big hole that I think is going to get filled, and we're going to see it this week.
2: Well, I think he's going to be more of a third-down specialist. And I said this right after the move. I just hope they run a little bit more four-three type of schematic stuff instead of playing Christian Jones and Romeo Cuar and dropping those guys back into coverage. I would appreciate just four guy, four down linemen just rushing every once in a while, especially when you have Everson Griffin, where that's like his specialty. So I, I mean, it was a good move. You need more pass rushers. Might as well get them for cheap. Go ahead. I like the move. It's smart, but it's I mean, it, it, it's it's no yeah. It's he's got a higher ceiling. I mean, it's not Everson Griffin of the Vikings. It's just not like him in his prime. It's just that's not the player he is anymore. But he can still get after the quarterback, and he can still be a good rotational lineman, which the Lions do desperately need.
0: It's just also comical to me how people are complaining that the Lions gave up a conditional sixth round pick.
2: No one is complaining. What are you? Yes, they are, dude. Who you got you
0: gotta open up Twitter more often. Why, why what Twitter
2: they, are you all, well, listening to? The, the Twitter that I think it was the, anonymous. your Lions
0: fans are on? No, the Twitter that your Lions fans are on and the people that call into the, the ninety seven one they want to complain about, oh, like why are they getting rid of, of draft capital to get a guy when they're not going to make run in the playoffs? Those people are out there. Don't tell me they're not because you know they are.
2: Yeah, but uh, I rough. don't think there's can't any win with these rational people. person who's like, man, we really needed that six-round pick. Like, there's no right. rational human being who says that. Whatever.
0: You're out there. Um, all right. Let's do picks. Let's, uh, we can roll it into uh, our analysis for the Vikings game coming up. Lions at Vikings on Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Um, first of all, I need to clear something up for the picks because I hand up, made a mistake. I know last week when we talked, everyone was very confused about what we had for the over-under. I went back and listened to it. And you got Trent. I believe that you're the one that brought it up. I don't know what the score was that we had for. I think for the Falcons game, what happened was is we might have had overs. I think all of us had overs.
2: Yeah, and it went under. I said
0: that we had uh, and it went under. So hand up. Going into last week's podcast, I was not 12 and 0, but 11 and 1. So the streak ended, and I didn't even know it had ended. I
2: but. thought it did. I I thought we talked about this last week.
0: No, well, what no? What happened was, is again, I was accused of of fudging the numbers. No one went back and listened, but I was I was completely confident that I was ten and zero. I knew I was ten and zero going into the uh, going into the Falcons game, and then we complete. I completely screwed up what I listened to on the podcast before that because I had all of us taking the under and getting it right when we actually all had the over. So I said I was twelve and zero last week when I was really eleven and one. And now with this game this week, I lost both both picks this week to move to eleven and three. I think Trent went two and zero. Oh, he's now at eight and six, and Collins, you're at seven and seven. So Ryan Collins at well, the I, did, uh, I didn't go two and zero oh,
1: because the Lions got blown out.
0: Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, boy. you went one and one, but they you were and two one. and zero oh the week before. That's what happened. All right, so that's the leaderboard. Um, Collins, I'll start with you. Um, the number for this week. the Vikings are a four point favorite. The total is fifty three and a half. Give us your analysis and lock the pick in for us
2: can you get, give me give me the line again? Sorry, I was looking at my phone not to Vikings. not to just to completely disrespect you on the podcast right Thank there can...
0: appreciate it uh Vikings are a four point favorite fifty three and a half is the total
2: I, I It feels like a must win but I mean, the Lions cannot stop the run. And how are you going to stop Delvin Cook? So, I, I think this game's going to go there's I think the Vikings are trying to take the air out of the game. I think Stafford plays better this week. But I, I'll take the Vikings. I just – oh. this Lions team is not good against the run. And I, I think Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins doesn't have to do that much when Delvin Cooks run for 150, and maybe have 200 all-purpose yards that he did. And It's the Green Bay Packers who have a much better defense than the Detroit Lions. So I, I'm going to take the Vikings. I, and like I said, I mean, the defense wasn't great, but they weren't the worst part of that loss. And it's like Colts. It was just like that three-phase loss. Like all three phases of the game, you're outplayed. I just. I, that's just a really bad matchup, I think, for the Lions because I, the Vikings' offensive line has been great this year, but they they can run block. Like, that's that's one thing they can kind of do. So I, I like the Vikings.
1: I know I'm going to look like an idiot for saying this, but, Collins, I think you just totally oversold the Vikings. I think they're awful. I think they played the best game they possibly could have played last. Yeah. Year. I re- No, I really don't think they're good. I think Delvin Cook went healthy. Yes, is like a top five back in the league, obviously. But I don't think the Vikings are good as a team. I really don't. And I, I struggle with saying that if the Lions lose this week, the season's over just because of the schedule. The schedule, the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. I say it every week. I know I don't care. I won't do it again. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, this probably is as close to a must win as the Lions have had so far with the exception of week three against Arizona. You have to get back to 500. With the injuries, it's going to be tough. No Kenny Galladay. The offense looks completely different. We all know that. But, look, I, this, this Vikings secondary is bad. This Vikings defense is bad. Kirk Cousins is pedestrian. Delvin Cook, obviously, really, really good, but this team is built to stop the run. They haven't really done it consistently, but they've shown you flashes. They did it against Atlanta. They did it against Jacksonville. So, my thing is this. It's very simple. If you stop Delvin Cook, you will win the game comfortably comfortably because the Vikings are not a good team and that's my bottom line I look for Everson Griffin to have a very big game what a debut game for the Lions he could have against his old team that would be awesome and I just really I believe in Stafford you know Collins you said it he's gonna play better I'm that's why I say I'm content blaming this Colts loss on him because I know that's not gonna happen again the back-to-back turnovers that kind of thing whatever dude I absolutely am all in on this week because the Lions have to win. They have to go four and four. So I'm going to pick the Lions, and I'm going to say it goes over.
0: Yeah, this is a tough spot. I, uh, I'm going to take the Lions. I, don't, I, can't, I can't promise you the Lions are going to win because they just looked so bad against the Colts. Um, Trent, I think you're right. I think the Vikings, they did play the game of their lives against the Packers. Um, I don't think that – I'm not really sold in the Vikings of being like some good team – um I but either way I just don't know what the Lions it's just that's how it's going to be it's going to be a touch and go basis for me I'll take the Lions the cover I think that minus four is a gift or rather plus four for the Lions is a gift because like I could see them losing by three. Oh, this over under is so tough hmm I feel like every time the Lions and Vikings play each other there's a lot of points am I wrong I thought like there's just a lot of points all the time in these games Bet the over. I don't
2: know. There's a lot of weird endings the past, like, five years in these games.
0: Uh, Trent, I got burned on taking the under against the Colts, so let's just flip it, and it's going to be wrong. I'm going to take the over. Life's too short to bet the under. I'll take the over fifty-three and, a half and I'll take the Lions. Look, I, like I, you guys said it I mean, pretty much perfectly. you got to stop the run. Dalvin Cook's their best, a- best asset. I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins, Spartan dog, shout out, but He's got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw to as well, so we can't forget about that. So it just could be I don't know. The Lions got to show up, man. This is again, I I talked about the beginning of the show with the whole Michigan, Michigan State thing. I don't care who you think the Vikings are, you got to show up and play. It's the NFL, you can beat anyone on any given Sunday. So the Lions have to, like, show some signs of life. You're not going to have Kenny. You're not going to have Trey Flowers. I'd like to think that Justin Coleman is going to be back to his usual form if he's playing next week. It'd be nice for Desmond Trufant to put his jersey back on. Like you said, Trent, Austin Bryant, who knows if he's even still in the league. Um, I don't know. But I I just still – I just can't. I can't get over this picture in my head of it's the Lions are going to line up for their first drive of the game, and they're going to have that zoom-in shot of Matthew Stafford, and I'm going to get a little peek at who the running back is in the back. You know, it's going to be Adrian Peterson, and they're going to try to give him the ball 15 to 20 times. and It's going to ruin so my So stupid. So it, that's, that's tough. Um, we'll say, last thing, the 90% yeah. of your game plan, Matt Patricia, needs
1: to be stopped the run. Practice it all damn week. Do what you got to do. 90% of your game plan needs to be that because even if you – I mean, I know, I know Kirk Cousins. Yes, he is absolutely capable of beating you. We saw it last year on crossing routes all damn day. Just, oh, you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, picking apart the middle of the field because the, the linebacking core is not good. I get it. That needs to be point of emphasis as well. But if you stop the run and you at least make Cousins try to beat you, then you're airing it out, and I love Stafford's chances in that kind of a matchup. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Yep. Uh, So we will see. Sunday, one o'clock, Lions at Vikings. Uh, Before we do Trent's trifecta, we do have some Tigers news. Oh, boy. Ring the bells. This should be for some good discussion. Um, Obviously, I'm sure as many people know by now, um, the Tigers have agreed to terms on a multi-year deal with A.J. Hinch to become the team's new manager Um, To those of you who have been living under a rock in the baseball world over the past year, he was suspended from the Major League Baseball this most recent season due to his involvement in the Astros' sign-stealing scandal. Um, Hinch did play for the Tigers in 03. His record as a manager is 570 wins, 452 losses, uh, World Series champion with the Astros in 2017. Um, Initially, for me, I know when we talked about the Tigers way back when on the heels of Ron Gardenhire retiring and the season coming to an end. Um, I do remember Ryan Collins bringing up AJ Hinch as one of the guys that he would have liked to have seen the Lions or the, the Tigers go get rather. Um, I was very adamant about not going to get this guy. And here I, I've kind of, my my emotions have kind of subsided a bit as I've digested the hiring a bit more. I just thought the optics of this were so bad, like of all managers that you could have possibly gone to get, Marcus Timms was brought up as a name that you could go get, who was the Yankees hitting coach, obviously played for the Tigers for some years. Um, all these names that were getting brought up and, and just to see Cora and Hinch being like the two names that constantly came up of like, this is who the, the Tigers want to go interview. I it just made me sick. Cause like these, both of these guys Hinch more so than Cora and I'm sure Cora will get a job now. But Hinch was a part of one of the biggest scandals that Major League Baseball has had in a very long time. Whether he was his involvement was, uh, ex, was extreme involvement or little involvement in in what went on, he was a part of it. And the Astros have taken a beating all year long, as from from fan bases all across the country and across baseball. And I just thought for the optics of it, it's just it's tough to swallow that of all the guys the Tigers could have hired, they get A.J. Hinch, who's, uh, who's got this checkered pass now. And it's something that he admitted himself in the press conference. It's obviously been a tough year for him and his family. I get it because the guy was out of a job. He was essentially exiled from baseball. And, you know, now he gets the shot with the Tigers. And I'll I'll give him credit where credit's due. I mean, the sign-stealing thing obviously was a huge – it's a huge thing and a huge advantage the Astros had with the way they were playing the game. But, I mean, the guy took them to a World – they won the World Series in 17. I think they lost in the ALCS in 18 and then lost in the World Series in 19. So he's had success. And not that the Astros' roster was as maybe as up in the air or – I don't want to say bad, but as, as up in the air as the Tigers is now, but he took over an Astros team that was in a similar spot of a team that was trying to rebuild, had a lot of guys from the system that not many people knew, and he made, you know, he turned that team into a championship-caliber team. So as time has gone on, in my eyes, is it tough to swallow? Sure. I mean, it, it'd be nice to not, you know, now i got to deal with the Detroit Cheetahs and all, these, all this stuff that's, that's coming out now. Well, dude, it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look for the organization. Of all the guys you could have hired. Uh, uh, why? Like, because the guy, it was a part of one of the biggest scandals in Major League Baseball history. It's like hiring Pete Rose cool. as your manager.
2: Cool. Uh, let's win. That's all I care about. You scumbag. You, you know scumbag. what? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Nobody. It, it, I understand if you're New York Yankees or Dodgers or anyone who contended with the Houston Astros in those playoffs when they were cheating, if you would be angry if they went out and hired one of those managers. I would understand that. As a Detroit Tigers fan, as this team has stunk the last three years, I do not care personally. If he shows like some sort of remorse, and he's like, who cares? As a proven manager, got a team in the World Series without using the signed ceiling – People do forget that. I know people don't trust that that stuff wasn't going on in 2019. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't care. Just I, I don't think there's a lot of things in managing. Like hitting, I don't correlate hitting and managing together. But pitching, I do. And I, I always thought he kind of handled the Houston Astros pitching staff in a correct way. And I hate that he shifts as much as he does. But – if this is a move that's like, hey, we're trying to win sort of in the next three years, then I like – like, it, it seems like an aggressive move. And maybe I, – I don't know if anyone in the league still, like, has respect or wants to play for the – but I I think it's a big league move, honestly. And, and I, I hope it's maybe a sign of a move that possibly that this team is willing to spend more money – and up the payroll a little bit. And then that's two years. I know they just cut back on it. I just would like to see if they, if they want to give it a shot to maybe jumpstart the rebuild a little bit.
1: You know, Collins, you said something interesting about, you know, pitching. I, I I agree. I don't think, you know, managing and hitting doesn't always correlate. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, obviously the, the lineup itself has a lot to do with manufacturing runs and that kind of thing. But you know, pitching and the, the way your the way your pitching staff is, is constructed and making all those calls. You know, we saw with Cash and the Rays at the end of this World Series just exactly how much your management can affect the pitching and the bullpen and all that good stuff. But so, so I guess you're right. A.J. Hinch did make it to a World Series without cheating. You know, who knows if that's actually true. I believe it to be true. And my thing is this. I want to back it up for a second because initially I did not like the hire. I was more on Rab's side of the optics of it. But that was really the only reason I didn't like it was because of the optics. Because if you look past that from a baseball perspective, this guy is proven. And if you, and Collins and I talked on the green and white report last Sunday, the way the Tigers were able to perform in 2020, it almost took a year off your rebuild. I mean, it, it, it jump-started your rebuild by a full year. It seemed like, because you found a couple of young pieces that you weren't really expecting to find. And then you, you know, your one-year rentals on these veterans, you know, you might actually sign these guys long term, or not long term, but you know, to another contract in terms of Crone and Scope and those those fellas. Obviously, you're paying Miggy a ton of money, but the Detroit Tigers have money to spend, and bringing in a guy like A.J. Hinch is actually, I mean, that really improves your pitch that you can make to some of these free agents, and like like we've all said, that betters your team in terms of like going forward, you're not going to stink for the next three years, you're actually going to you know, compete and get back, it, it Kickstarts starts to rebuild, I guess is all I'm going to say, because I, I don't hate the move by any means, I was a little concerned with the optics of it, but, and, and, and Rabs, you said Cora's probably going to get a job now, because let's be honest, I mean, right or wrong, those guys, they're kind of a steal on the market right now, if you need a manager, you've got two guys who lost their jobs, yes, because of scandals, but they weren't going to lose their jobs anytime soon without that happening. So, you know, they're great proven managers. Your Tigers got one of them. I guess that's as a Detroit fan, you've got to be excited for it. You just have to, you have no other choice. If you want to be a little poo poo about the, you know, the, the optics of it. I totally get I, it because I honestly
2: felt I don't, right as it. a fan, I don't get it as a player. Maybe that's where like, if you're a player in that organization, it's like hey dude like i don't respect what was going on there like i completely understand that yeah. as a fan of the detroit tigers i don't get why people really care that much i i, I don't get that,
0: feel
1: that way, like initially off the bat but if you look at it from a baseball spe- baseball perspective as we have now elaborated on it's a borderline brilliant move you got probably the best manager you could possibly get on the market with all things considered
0: no, I, I get that I, I do, and that's why I'm saying the feelings have subsided a bit. I am just saying more back to the optics. It's the same reason why why people or, or organizations didn't want to sign Kareem Hunt or didn't want to draft Joe Mixon or you see this thing with this. Not that it's those in, are on completely the same different things. I don't know, but I don't know. It's a morals and morals and ethics issue. Cheating, cheating in the game to win games. I get that it's not like domestic abuse, but I'm saying it, it you you're like you don't get why Tigers fans are upset that they're getting a guy that was, that was suspended for a year from baseball because he completely changed the entire game after all this stuff came out. So yeah, I'm well, not dying on thing. the hill of it being a bad hire or, like, it looking bad. I'm just saying, like, in baseball, like, Kevin Cash was a bullpen coach before he went to the Rays, and they were just in the World Series. They had the same time as we did. And he just lost in the did. World Series. Okay, well, would you rather be lose the World Series or would you rather win? Yeah, I, I
2: understand days? that. I would you. That's what I'm saying. That's what Hinch gives you. A guy with a track record of being able to get there. And I'm not. I, I don't totally believe that. Like he tried to stop it. I don't. I'm not going to be like that guy because I I saw some, like Detroit beat guy saying Hinch was the guy who tried to stop it. He got in trouble because he didn't try hard enough. Like I I, I don't believe that. I think it was a wink win situation. That's what I, I honestly. If he wins, I don't care about your past. That's the. And, one. And, and, and it's and when I say I don't care about your past, this is not something that is irredeemable, like something like maybe Joe Mitzen and those guys did, because stuff, the stuff they did is almost in-re- unredeemable. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, a, a, mean, it's a game. It's a game. Yes, yes. It's not like playing. real life.
1: To that point, would you say? I mean, Alex Rodriguez has redeemed himself absolutely. Maybe. Yeah, not.
2: because he did steroids. Who cares?
1: That's what I'm saying. He cheated, and everyone—lied. Who cares? Everyone loves him on TV. All I'm going to say is this: if you just, we say it about the Lions all the time, to nauseum. Winning cures everything. So yeah. it's that's it. I mean, you got to go into right. next season, and you got to pick up the team that Gardenhire left you, which was actually pretty good. You know, had a chance to make the make the playoffs in this crazy COVID baseball year, but it's a positive. I don't know how you can look at this hire and not think that the Tigers are going to jumpstart the rebuild a little bit. You know what I mean? It may, it takes a year off that process, in my opinion. Both given yeah, the no, way I they played
2: the in 2020. And- I, I mean, I don't know how much he like benefits that, but hiring a guy like this splashy and almost like this is a hire that like the Tigers usually – say the Tigers will hire Marcus Timms. That is not mentioned on SportsCenter. You hire A.J. Henson, it's mentioned on SportsCenter. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, this move makes a splash. I don't know if it's a good or a bad one. But it shows like they're trying something, and, and they're trying to get like – like, they're not going in the easy way out. Like, we're going to pay this guy some low salary, some random guy, and we'll see if he can help these young – no. We're going to get a guy who is there – to develop young guys like Carlos Correa, George Springer, and all these young, talented guys that the Ashers had. And, and the Tigers have what, like the number two farm system in baseball? You need a manager who can help instill confidence in these guys and develop them. So I, I think it's a good hire.
1: That's the other thing. Last thought for me is that A.J. Hench is a little bit more new school. Garden hire was old school. Not saying that's a bad thing, but when you're dealing with these younger guys, garden hire kind of got you to where you need to be you know, you're at the bus stop. I got to get on the bus. And I think Hench is going to help you do that just because he's younger. He's a little more in touch with the way things are. Because you look at those Astros teams, those were, those were relatively young teams. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's, that to me is another asterisk here where, like, that could really help the Tigers moving forward, given the fact that the core coming up now is a little bit younger than average.
0: Yeah, like you said, Trent, if they win, I'm sure I'll get over it much, much quicker than if they stink. But uh, all right, I mean, that's our Tigers talk for now. Obviously, there's a lot more to to cover with free agency and, and all that coming up and who the Lions are going to re-sign, if they won't re-sign, uh, maybe who they'll go out and get. So we can get to that as the time comes. Let's finish today's episode with the trifecta, Trent.
1: Awesome. Uh, first question here. And this is a this is a very. I don't know how to I don't know how to word this. This is a very controversial topic nowadays. Ooh. Everyone, is, everyone. Well, not not in like a bad way. Just why is it too early to listen to Christmas music? Are you listening to Christmas music now that it's November or not?
2: No, I wait till after Thanksgiving. But that's me.
1: Okay, so Collins, it sounds like you're not even that like. Upset about this, you know, because some people are like adamant about it. you can't listen to it till Thanksgiving. Seems like well, you're not upset about it, but you just personally don't do it until Thanksgiving.
2: I don't really care because some, I mean, there's some Christmas songs that have banners and stuff, but I'm personally not dipping into the JB Christmas album, the sync one, Ariana Grande, the the new Ditsy Demilia, Liam Payne. Like, I'm not dipping into that until after Thanksgiving, okay? Because it, I don't know. Thanksgiving's a zone, but I like I don't Thanksgiving for me like music is like I'm gonna listen to like grunge music. I don't know what it is, like the in-between uh, the Halloween and Thanksgiving. You're like, you know what? Or just like some like alternative like rock. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you listen Dude, to in thanks, Thanksgiving. Thanks.
0: Like Dude,
2: the, the Halloween to Thanksgiving like gap mind. is a weird gap, especially since like college football. Is not the same, and we're not tailgating every week up here. And you, like, it's a kind of a weird gap now, where you don't really, you kind of just have school and nothing really else. Going on no, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's, I, no one even talks about the in between, like Thanksgiving to like, do people like it? I, Trent, now you make me think. Like, what do I do in these three weeks?
1: Well, I, let me tell you. I'll, I'll answer before Rabs live.
2: Does. Maybe just live normally. I don't know why I just asked that question. Yeah,
1: you just gotta live. You gotta live and breathe. Yeah,
0: keep calm and carry on. You gotta
1: watch yes. the Michigan Michigan State highlights every single day. That's what you I have, have
2: to- been. Don't uh, let's <laughs> let's not. I what's it called? I've been trying to watch the full game for like two days. No one's posted it yet on a website, so well, you see so- that. I
1: mean, there you uh, go. That's what you gotta do, though. In this, in this time, you gotta eat good food. You gotta you gotta listen to good music. All that good stuff. Get, maybe
2: get back in shape. Whew.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe Had a
2: rough maybe, weekend in uh, in shape department.
1: Maybe you should get back in shape if, if you're. Yes. Out, I don't even know if you're out of shape but by your own standards. Well, let me let me say this. My birthday is November twelfth, so I kind of am right smack dab in the middle of Halloween and Thanksgiving. So my personal thing is this: I don't celebrate. Christmas. I don't start celebrating Christmas, doing the Christmas deal until the day after my birthday. That's when I put up the tree. Yeah. That's when I put up the lights because that, that, that's, that's a compromise. I feel like that's two weeks after Halloween. It's two weeks before Thanksgiving. It's not the full month, but you know, I can kind of get into the spirit. Rabs, what do you think?
0: I think the stretch from Halloween to Thanksgiving, it's, un it's unappreciated because like Colin said, you really don't know what to do, but I, I don't like to listen. I'm a big, like, when it's time to get going for Christmas, like, I get going. And I've, I can't. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I also, when I used to study, and, like, you'd be, like people will play white noise and stuff, I used to play, like, Christmas music to, like, get me to study. So I'm like a, like, in July it might come out. But Thanksgiving, to me, that stretch between Halloween and Thanksgiving is when you really have to appreciate, like, the fall weather, the fall outfits. You sneak another cider mill trip or two in. And then once Thanksgiving hits, like, you got football and you got food. Like, the the lead-up into Thanksgiving, a couple days before into Thanksgiving, you have to – that's the thing. If you start playing Christmas music now and start putting up Christmas decorations now, you're, like, jumping ahead and you just kind of, like, mentally skip Thanksgiving. So, day after Thanksgiving, or, hell, even after the Thanksgiving meal – then it's like, let's go, like, it's Christmas time for me. All
2: yeah, right. what's it called? I think it's more Christmas movie. After Thanksgiving, I'm more, like, Vietnam. Like, I I like I won't have any of it. Like if you watch a Christmas movie, like, November 3rd, like, I, I, I'm judging you. Like, I, Christmas music, it, there's just so many bangers from Christmas music. I think you'd get away with it. Like, and I'm not saying there's not bangers in the Christmas movie department but I feel like you need to be more in the December mood to watch a Christmas movie.
0: Yeah. I do, I hope this Christmas season just doesn't suck. Like if the, if COVID ruins, that's it the might, thing, dude. Like, like Halloween, Halloween up. was Halloween was tough because obviously like if I, my play was in a normal world, I'd be just back in East Lansing getting after, especially after the Michigan state win. But you know, you got to make smart decisions for yourself and for your family and so I can just see, like, is shopping going to be the same? Like, are you going to be able to go no, and dude. do, like, Christmas thing? Like, I don't even know. And then, like, come Christmas, it's going to be, like, depressing because all you're going to have to hear about for the entire Christmas season is, like, oh, well, it's it's winter and it's cold and everyone's getting COVID. So
2: don't, well, don't hang I, out with yeah. your
0: family and don't go to church for Christmas.
2: Yeah. Dude, not to sound like a bad Catholic or something, Church is kind of the worst part of Christmas. I'm sorry. Oh, I, you, I disagree. <laughs> not trying to we be like that. I, I know I, went, my, I know my parents are going to be listening. Dude. I went to Notre Dame. Come on. They're probably so disappointed in me, but there's just you too gotta much you got to go on excitement. Christmas Eve. You gotta go on I do, Christmas dude. Eve. I do. Every year. Oh, I go on Christmas legend. Eve every year. Veteran. Veteran. Every single year. I'm not saying I, – I love going to church, but I'm just saying there's just too much excitement because we got our family – we got our, like, my dad's side of the family party after, and, like, Ooh. we're getting after it there. We're getting gifts there. Like, when I was younger, like, I, I was – when you're, like, 10 and you have to wait, you have to sit somewhere for an hour and a half. Oh, and, yeah. While you're thinking, like, eh, did I get the NBA yeah. live video game I asked for for my cousin? <laughs> like, it, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe now I don't really I, – I mean, I probably embrace a little bit more. I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: Oh, so that's that's good. All good, all good topics here. We're gonna stay on the hollow, not Halloween. We're gonna stay on the holiday topic
2: for the yes. second
1: question. What was the best Halloween costume you saw this weekend? Oof. best, most like, like just like the best or the the funniest? What did you? Do? I'll go first. Actually, I saw Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Apparently, it was Colin's old roommate.
2: So I don't know. I, I mean, there could have been one or two. Steve Irwin's running around, but my roommate was Steve Irwin.
1: Yeah, so no, I got a real kick out of that. I loved it. So I, I wanted to, that's why I, I wanted to tell
0: you about that.
2: Well, TB's costume was fantastic. He was Motley Carew, did it up. You saw that, right, Rabs?
0: Yeah, I did see that. It was fun. I did see that. That was nice.
2: What's it called? Rabs, were you, I know, were you, were there kids in your neighborhood? You're at yeah, your parents I, house, right?
0: I, I mean, yeah, that's that was the thing is so we were trying to figure out how to do the candy this year with the COVID. And my dad was saying like, He's like, we don't even have to put candy out anyway because there's only like six kids that ever come by. And that's true. Like the Halloween number, the trick-or-treating numbers have been down. But I also made the argument that like it's all a cyclical thing, right? Like you grow up when you're a kid, you grow up with your neighborhood kids, and you guys do the trick-or-treating. And once you age out, it takes some time for the next wave, for the next generation of families with kids to come in. So this year I did ask my mom put a little table at the end of the driveway with like some like ridiculous like uh, take two to like take two to be fair, or take three if you dare, like one of those things. So and yeah, all I the kids probably kids. took like a million. Well, I saw. I see. I saw. I mean, there were kids out there. There were parents taking pictures. I just dude. It was it was so sad, like not being able to have someone like knock on your door and like do the whole trick. If if I was if if there were kids knocking on doors, I probably would have dressed up and would have been giving out candy, like chatting up, like nice Iron Man costume, bro, like all that stuff. But it just wasn't the case, very sad as far as best costumes I saw, I mean, I'll tell you what I hated. Want to hear what I hated. I hated the uh I hated the Joe exotic and Carol Baskin stuff. Couldn't stand that. I, I thought you told
2: the- me that's what you were gonna be for Halloween this year after no. we were in what? quarantine.
0: What? I think he did I think you did you so- did.
2: You said that during quarantine.
0: I'm not even. I don't think I ever did. That's, that's. I think you did. Incredible that you guys would make that up, but I didn't. Make I didn't that like up, that. Okay. I didn't like. I didn't like the TikTok like inflict like the TikTok e boys like influencer stuff. And then, of course, I hate to rag on the girls, but in college, like all the girls dress dresses the same stuff. You get the cats, you get the devils, you get like the housemaids. It's all the same stuff. There's no creativity whatsoever with the girls. Okay.
2: I, okay. Um
0: best costume i saw you're not excited
2: you don't like him okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying there's no let's all be there. honest here come on
0: um best costume i saw don't know I, I i thought all like the people that would like tape like a piece of paper that said 2020 on it like that was stupid too like like well f- like funny it's like something my mom would do like like not funny at all but they think not it's really, really funny i don't know mom today no, I'm not. Yeah, I know. Relax, uh, dude. No, no, don't come really on. your mom. Come on. No, no. She's uh, she made a decent meal tonight. It should. <laughs> oh wow!
2: Cheese. Jeez.
0: You are kidding. You are kidding. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. We just have it. We have it all the time. Just the same. Okay, I mean I that way, that, is, about, that is that is. I mean, you me should apologize
2: mom. your mom right now. That no, was unbelievable, I dude. I
0: just I don't know. I didn't see any great costumes. Wasn't happy with
2: it. Okay. And whatever, I mean, Halloween
0: I, I sucked this year. It's shitty.
2: I'll say this. I the best costume my soul is uh this one one of my buddies. One is Cleopatra, like a dude, and it was so funny. <laughs> it just. It, it was a funny costume. So <laughs> shout out to guess you
0: had guess you had to be there.
2: No, it was, it was it was a good costume. I he. I mean, he's one of my buddy's <laughs> friends, but I consider him a friend too. But he was giving me the backstory. story. His buddies buy him a Halloween costume every single year, and he doesn't have any say so in it, and he just wears it regardless of what it is. And his buddies this year got him a Cleopatra costume. He worked it. I mean, he, I mean, it, it 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 was a good costume. Shout out Deets.
1: Yeah, shout out Cleopatra too. That's that's great.
2: Yeah, great. It was so funny. I was laughing so. Oh, good costume. I'm
1: glad glad you got some enjoyment out of that. Let me say that. I did. My third question for the trifecta is a little lazy, but it's more of just an interest thing. Are you guys? Do you guys know how to play euchre, the card game?
0: You know us. Um, I, (laughs) I do, but it's one of those things where. Every single time I play, someone has to re explain it to me. Oh, I also Lord. don't think euchre's that fun. I really don't.
2: Okay. Uh, and the podcast is ended. And, I'll no, see no, no. You know what? You know what? You know guys what? Guys that's
0: why. No, 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 no. That's my other thing, too, is the people that are so, like, they're like euchre defenders because, like, oh, it's a Midwest thing. It's it a Michigan is. thing. It like, is. Dude, like, take What's it easy, dude. That? It's a card game. It's a card game.
1: That is a Midwest, specifically Michigan.
0: Card game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. not that fun, and I don't. And I also not. I'm not good at it, and it has to be explained to me every time I play. But well, to, it's to, hard to, be to die I mean, on yes. the hill of like, oh, like you, Greg, It's a oh, it's a it's unbelievable. Like you don't know how to play you. Like like miss me with that. It's a card game. Well,
1: once I, you know how to play, there's a little strategy involved, but it's mostly just the hand you're dealt. It's just like any other
0: card game, so it's fun. I never get good hands either. The deck is always stacked against me. I don't get it. Whatever.
2: I I'm just I'm very disappointed. That was the most unrabs answer of all time. By the way, <laughs> I did not expect to hear those words muttered out of his mouth.
1: Yeah, that was pretty. That threw me for a loop as well. Oh my god!
2: Udr's fantastic. It's the best up north game ever. I I I get what Rabs is saying because I I know people who are like, oh. Uh, you man, let's play Uter Like, and everyone's it's like the end of the night. Someone wants to play Uter at one thirty-five in the morning. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'd rather like watch a movie and fall asleep. They're like, no, let's keep it going and play Uter. And you're and, and you're just playing like an hour Uter game and I'm like this is brutal. Uter <laughs> is a fantastic game, my favorite card game, but it needs to be played in the right circumstances. Okay. So I it, it 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 not it's not an every night game. But it's a uh, – it's fantastic. Like, you, you – it's like – euchre catches hot streets when you start playing it. You're like, ooh, yes. we should be, yes. we should play this more. Like, why aren't we playing this more? That's and the, then you're like – for like a week and a half, you play it like every night. And then you take like a little like three-week break, and then you get you get back in the mix.
1: Well, over quarantine, my dad – shout out my dad – taught all of us how to play euchre. my entire family. Shout out Mr. bally The other four of them. My mom and my two brothers and I he taught us how to play Euchre. And then we all just – it was a quarantine thing. Like, we just played it, like, all the time. It, you know, play some cards at night, play some music in the background. Fantastic.
2: If you're old enough. Fantastic enjoy game.
1: A enjoy a drink if you're old enough. It was just so much fun. So that's my – I just wanted to – I wanted to know
2: – Ravs, I can't believe you don't like Euchre. That's crazy. I don't – I
0: don't I – don't I don't dislike it. Like, I, I always – that's the thing. You have to understand – I don't have a lot of – like, not a lot of my friends are Euchre players. So, when I ever get involved in a Euchre game, they're few and far between. I enjoy being a part of it because it's, like, nice to change it up a bit. I'm just saying, like, when you're getting into it and you're, like, going on an hour, it's like, okay, like, this is kind of a lot. And then well, I get, that's the I,
2: problem. I you can't – the problem with Euchre is it's – you can't play when you're, like, actually, like, hammered. And that's, like, half the, half the games you play in college. Like that. I'm like, like guys, like they're playing with the speaker. They're telling the story what happened at the bar that night. I'm like, guys, you got locked in here. This is like taking way too Someone's looking at their phone, got a text message, not paying attention. Like it, it, it's just a disaster sometimes.
0: Some people are also so good at Euchre, like they make moves and don't even say anything and I just like acknowledge by the rest. Like I've been I have been way in over my head sometimes and like at work when I was interning the last two summers, I would go down to the box office meetings and the guys in the box office were like unbelievable. It you like the hands move so fast. I'm like, I don't even know what cards love I love that. Had.
2: I love that. It's just, ju- yeah, just it's, guess what? They love the game. It's a fan <laughs> I think it's every <laughs> I, I don't – who taught you, Ravs, how to play Euchre?
0: One of my buddies. Like, I just – because, like, it, again, I came down to let's play Euchre. Oh, I never played before. Okay, we'll show you. Like, you had to, like, learn as you play. And every single time I play, I have to learn as I play again. I have to relearn the game every time.
2: I will say this. If I have a son, that is, like, the one main thing I will teach him before he goes to college, to play Euchre, because that is such an advantage in making friends. Or so, say, hey, does anyone oh, play Euchre? dude
0: – how are you really make
2: friends by not nah, made friends, but you're just like, Hey, does anyone play euchre? And there's always that one guy who's like, yeah, I don't know how to play, and well, then I- and they just have to sit it out. And you're just like, God, <laughs> this stinks. I'm like, I, I, I don't want my kid to be that guy.
1: I can honestly say that in a covetless world, if someone at a party were to come up to me and ask me to play euchre, I would be ecstatic. Yes, Delighted. it's fantastic. Play some euchre, absolutely, I'd love it. So, whatever, fantastic. That's I just wanted to get a gauge on the demographic of our age here. Um, for for you It's
2: so good, dude. It is such a good game. It's great game.
1: fantastic. Well that's you all you can I
2: play talk. any other card game, like in a reli I don't know, relaxed setting, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What's the game we played with Julian when we when we shredded the calf and then the one time I went to the old Ryan Collins Riverview apartment?
2: Well, that was a different night, and I was <laughs> we played Ride the Boss. <laughs> That's not that's not a card game. It's a drinking game. So,
0: (laughs) that was unreal. Were you there, Trent? You were there? No, No, he wasn't. Wasn't.
1: But I remember hearing about this.
0: No, but I just kept. I the best part of the night was all I all I wanted to do was play two K, and I finally sit down. I'm like, come on, let's play two K. And he just like looks at me. He's like, I can't. No, I can't. (laughs) Like (laughs) what? Watched well, it like, twice. I'm like please, yeah, I'm like please. He's like, I can't, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, was great. Also, I, uh, Trent, I that was did right that.
2: when quarantine hit.
0: It was, yeah. I did not, um, Trent. I'm sorry, I did not get back to you as far as the call that you. Yeah, gave me at wait, 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 in wait. The I
1: have to air this out for a second. I called Rabs at like. 2 a.m.,
0: dude. 2 a.m.
1: But I think it was the it was the second 2 a.m. On, you know, because we got two AM twice because we felt we fell back. We gained it so out. So it was
0: three? It was three AM.
1: Mentally, but it was two on the clock. So I called Ravs I just left him a message. I said, Hey, when you're done with your coaches meeting, get your ass these slancing. I got both my brothers. <laughs> I want to watch the Lions game with you. I do too. Let's go. Let's roll. Get get here. Never heard back from him.
0: Okay. Okay. Now back. let me tell my side of the story. I remember I was I was like asleep and I like kept that night I had my phone in my bed with me for some reason, and I like felt it vibrating and I was like oh it's like time to wake up already and I roll over and see it's two a.m. and I saw I had a missed call from Trent and I just assumed that he was like, like I have a good like I got like that mother's feeling of like when something's wrong so I knew nothing was wrong he was just calling me yeah so. The next morning when I actually wake up, I see that I have a voicemail from Trent and I have an Instagram DM from Brock, Trent's brother. Oh, and boy. and Brock, oh, boy. Brock was like, he was like, hey man, he's like, just wanted to see, he's like, me, Miles, and Trent are going to be watching the game tomorrow. We're trying to get Collins on board. Like just ho- wanted to see, and, like Brock's a legend. Like I loved it. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man, like, I can't make it. And then I listened to Trent's voicemail as I was getting out of the car to go to the coaches meeting and Trent had it all laid out. He was like, you finished the meeting at this time. He was like, you're on the road by this time. You're sitting down here. And what the bottom line was we had our coaches meeting at 1030. I walked out of there at like 1230. So I didn't have time to make it up there, but I told you guys I'll come. I'm going to find a time to come up. It was just not in the cards this weekend with everything going on. So yeah, I don't
2: know, but that's
0: funny. Fair. That's just why that's just. That was a – that's that's just Trent for you. Good old Trent. Well,
1: that, yeah, that's okay. I, I can't condemn you for not buying into my last-minute plans at the second 2 a.m. on November 1st when we – like, So funny. I, know I woke up I, re-
2: I woke up and read the message. Actually, no, I, I might have, like, read it, like, in bed, and I, like, yeah, fell asleep.
1: I texted so comments, up. too. Basically the same thing. I was like, get over here for the Lions game.
2: I was, and I was like – in my heart of hearts, I'm like – no what? That sounds great. And then I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to do that. I just know myself. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna commit to something I know I physically won't be able to get up before <laughs> nine.
1: Oh, that's that's all good. That's all good. I will just say, there's nothing I love more than a little last-minute throw-together plan. I love that. That's like a, that's a staple of who I am. I love. That. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why you're the man. And um, I
1: would love to watch more than one Lions game with you guys in my career as we have now <laughs> done this podcast for two and a half years together.
0: And the pandemic. We can watch every game together for the rest of your life if you want. Well. Find the well, cure. Find a cure and you're, you're in.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. We're going, like, silent about, like, the vaccine. I'm getting a little nervous about this.
0: <laughs> I That's why.
2: If
0: you
1: listen to the president of the country, you know, the, the vaccine, we're getting one soon. Every oh time. yeah
2: that's going on tomorrow too oh it's my. election
1: day tomorrow let's I'm go I'm just
2: turn my tv off just like so i don't this know. is Dude, like i my, remember
1: it is awesome i love election yeah coming.
2: i try i will i agree when i it, was I watch 16 it, i usually watch it every year I, I'm in not
0: 16 saying. when i was a freshman at michigan state i was obviously eligible to vote be, being 18 and i voted at im east i'll never forget it that was that's a that's a cool tidbit i voted at im east um, and I remember me and my roommates were up like so late watching the election coverage. It's like watching a sports game. It's like yeah. one guy's up, we're calling this, we're calling like it's it's pretty. This it cool. kind of a This lesser. year, this no, it's year awesome. I think it's
1: I'm gonna not stop, and there's no commercials.
0: Yeah, th- this year I think I'm just gonna go to sleep and wake up on Wednesday, and I'll like come downstairs for breakfast. Be like, hey mom, like who won, and she's gonna tell me who won. I'm. Like, oh, all right, sounds well,
1: that's sounds that's good because not- y'all until a couple days after because all the mail-ins that's the thing. that
0: and that and that to me dude is like so comical how like like the winner like it's like if trump if trump loses he's like not gonna like they're gonna have to like like drag him out of office and like if biden like it's gonna be under protest like who knows dude just let me know just let me know I, whatever yeah, let I me know, know.
2: I'm so, um, all right. I'm so happy I don't have to see another Gary Peters or John James commercial. Or um, yeah, I get I
0: get a hundred texts. I get a hundred texts a day. I get the phone calls. I can't even watch a YouTube video because I got a thousand ads. It's out of control. By the way, dude. John
2: James is not, that's not his real name. That can't be his real name. Why? I, John James is maybe I the most vanilla name I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like I like Mike John. Smith. Like yeah, was he like a. Old timer from like Great Britain to 1830. Like, I don't know. know what I mean? I don't know. That just doesn't. Yeah. I, don't know. No, I, I know what you mean. It's a pretty. Also, fun. Gary Peters has been in office, I think, longer than I've been alive.
0: Yeah, I know. I don't. that's, I agree, dude. I feel Is like Debbie Stabenow
2: still around? I don't even know. I just remember all these names. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't yeah.
2: even know what the policies are. That's yeah, great. I yeah. Me too.
1: Whatever. That's the voting youth of America. That's us.
2: I'm a, I'm a big sounds
0: good man, 2020, whatever you yeah. want. Just let me know. <laughs> Keep me informed. All right. That is going to be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss in a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.